0: Good morning. Good morning. 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 My name is Zach Lefeber. And I'm one of the elders here at New Hope Community Church. Last week Jason preached on motherhood on Mother's Day to start our series called We Are Family. In the coming weeks, you'll hear from others on brotherhood, sisterhood, spousehood, and then fatherhood on Father's Day. Today, Kristen and I are going to discuss childhood.
1: Hey, babe. Hey, babe. 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 Yes, dear. I picked you some flowers.
0: Um, thanks for the weeds. <laughs>
1: Oh man. I, I think they're beautiful. They're so sunny and yellow, and they just, I don't know, they cheer me up.
0: There's so many dandelions in the yard this year. I think the neighbors are starting to roll their eyes at us. I just mowed, and they're already back up everywhere.
1: I think we have the most beautiful yard on the entire street.
0: You're such a child. <laughs>
1: I am a child. The Bible is clear that those who put their trust in the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, become children of God. Romans 8 says, You received the Spirit of Sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Before I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, a teacher, a writer, a friend, all the many roles that I play, all the many hats that I wear, before all of that, I am a daughter of the Most High. Ron, for example. Before he is a husband to Kathy, a father, a bug repeller. (laughs) He, killer, bug killer. He is a son of the Most High. My relationship with God as his daughter or Ron as his son is my foundation. It needs to be my foundation, it has to be my foundation. Where and and how I plant my feet on this earth, in this world, has to start with me being a child of God. And it's the foundation for our other relationships, too. For example, I am called to put my relationship with my husband before that of my children. But I'm also called to put my relationship with God ahead of him, my husband, and everyone else. Of course, I do both of those things imperfectly, but it's how I'm meant to live. I believe if that is how I live, it's the best way as a child of God. Being a child of God is my identity in Christ. I believe that at that amazing moment of conversion, when we give our lives over to our Father God, we change. We commit to a higher, greater parent. We transform into a new creation. And in God's eyes, we become his perfect children, his perfect child. first chapter of John, verse 12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of God childhood then i believe in the eyes of the lord is less of an age range and more of a state of being or coming before him but even more than that it is a requirement Jesus himself says, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It is a requirement to set your identity in Christ as his child. Now today, we're gonna talk both about childhood before the Lord, like I was just speaking of, apart from age, and then we're also gonna talk about actual physical children. So put your extra sharp listening ears on so that you can distinguish between the two. So yes, honey, I am a child, and I am proud of it. I am proud to be a child of God. I am proud to have faith like a child.
0: I was agreeing with you completely up until that last part. My issue is with the term faith like a child. I've always had a really negative reaction to it, and I think it's because I've taken it literally. So childlike faith gets held up as an ideal. But for my daughters, who, for those of you who don't know, are five and three years old, the faith they have in God right now, is not something to strive for in adult life. The main reason is that children, to a degree, to a certain age, will believe what you tell them. If we tell them about God, they'll believe in God, though not in a fully meaningful way. Right now, my children are Christian, but it's really because my wife and I are Christian. So to come at this from a different perspective, um, this is why we have decided not to do Santa. If a child believes what you tell them, and you tell them earnestly about Jesus, who loves you and died for you, and you tell them earnestly about Santa, who brings you presents when you're sleeping, you have equated the two. So then if my daughter's faith in Santa is equal to her faith in God, then asking me to have childlike faith is holding as much weight as asking me to believe in Santa or the Easter Bunny or unicorns. I'm here now in this place because I believe. I believe this Christian stuff is true. I believe that Jesus died for us is a fact. But I also know for a fact that other people believe other things. I want my girls to be Christians, but not because I'm Christian. I want them to be Christian because of Christ. I want it to be because they truly believe and have made their own conscious commitment. In fact, it has to be this way. But it's not something they can do yet. Basically, we don't want to lie to our children. For us, this means saying, Santa is a fun character instead of a real gift giver. It also means saying, God loves you. Because that's the truth. It means saying we do not and we cannot fully understand or comprehend God. It means saying it's okay to not comprehend. So let's move past that. Instead of a child's faith or belief in God, the better comparison for childlike faith is their faith in us. All of us in this room. Parents or adults who care for them. When we tell them to get in the car to go someplace, they have faith we're going to take them there. They have faith that we're going to provide dinner, one way or another. That they can come to us for comfort when hurt or sick or upset. They are dependent on us. Yes, they will be unappreciative. Yes, <clears throat> they will take us and what we do for granted, just as we do with God. So, listen to these descriptions. Celebrates me, checks on me, doesn't let me do everything, does for me without anything in return, punishes me when needed, gives advice. Shows mercy, does things I am not able to do, loves me, teaches me. These are all phrases that New Hope children used when asked how they know their parents love them. Kristen did a little stealth interviewing a couple weeks ago. I can. I can. Celebrates me. Checks on me. Doesn't let me do everything. (laughs) Does for me without anything in return. Punishes me when needed. Gives advice. Shows mercy. Does things I am not able to do. Loves me. Teaches me.
1: And let me tell you, that when I ask the kids about their parents i simply stated your parents love you right and they all i mean all from four to 13 responded by just smiling and nodding and it was really cute and then i just asked them how do you know and those are some of the answers that they gave
0: so i was struck by how much their responses mirror how i feel about god as an adult does for me without anything in return shows mercy Loves me, teaches me. The children were asked about God as well. Here the responses were mixed, but there was a clear change from younger to the older children. The younger ones had very basic concepts, which is appropriate, and the older kids started to reflect a deeper understanding. And the point here is not to raise ourselves up to the level of God in our children's eyes, it's to illustrate a perspective. As we grow up, we don't need our parents to drive us places. We learn to drive ourselves places. We learn to make our own dinners, and we turn more toward our own generation and then maybe our spouses for comfort. But there are things we cannot do even as we grow. We cannot give grace. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot conquer death. And so we are still dependent. And we are dependent on something we cannot fully comprehend. So have the faith of a child in this way. Trust. Know that he gives grace. Know that he has conquered death. Find comfort in the fact that these things are being handled. Be content as a weaned child.
1: Listen for, to our passage from today. It comes from Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content. This is our picture. This is our sweet, sweet reality as believers in Christ. As co-heirs with Christ, we too have a place on Abba's lap. So why the distinction of the weaned child? Well, Zach and I see the metaphor this way. Before we were believers, we were in a state of spiritual infancy. We were babies, babies who still craved milk. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about early lives as Christians. Some people use the term baby Christians. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to those who, despite age, again, have yet to trust fully in the Lord. So even adults who have yet to choose a relationship with Christ... Are babies. They can be seen as babies in this metaphor. So, in this stage of spiritual infancy, people who do not trust God trust in the milk that they can get for themselves. They trust in the milk they can get from the world by whatever means, craving it, getting it however they can. And on top of that, they are unable to acknowledge that all good things, that this good milk in this metaphor is from God. Therefore, they also don't have the capacity to be thankful or grateful. But once you begin a relationship with the Lord, once you humble yourself completely and trust in him, it becomes clear where the milk comes from and that it's never going to run out. We are no longer spiritual infants, but fresh and new children, perfect in the eyes of God, weaned from the world. And our hearts aren't proud. As believers, we know we owe it all to Almighty God. The things are being handled. We can sit content in our Father's lap like a weaned child, a child there by choice and fully aware of where the love comes from. Like Zach said, children know their parents and other caring adults love them, and we need to be content in the knowledge that our Father in Heaven loves us in exactly the same way, perfectly. So yes, some children, and many adults too for that matter, do not have a faith that we want to emulate. They remain spiritual infants, still growing and forming in God's perfect time. But despite how much our children truly know or trust Jesus, children have a lot to teach us. They have so much to teach us about, well, being children. The age range of childhood which, again, when I asked the kids here at New Hope, it began to get fuzzy around age 12. That's when they started to hesitate whether or not they would call themselves a child. Um, But that age range can teach us so much about how to be children before God. There are a few attributes of children that we would like to discuss, but first we have a clip for illustration. One, a child's joy. Bubbles, dandelions, jumping, twirling. Um, kids seem to experience joy in ways we just can't, or it doesn't come naturally to us. Um, but we have all the more reason to be joyful. Kids, some. Sometimes, I mean, even before they know God, they revel in his creation and his world and his love better than we do. Our daughter Georgia, for example, regularly exclaims, Mommy, it's such a futile day. And it could be muggy and dreary and gross, and she will walk outside and see the beauty. My three-year-old understands better than I that this is the day the Lord has made. That we should rejoice in it. There's
0: another attribute honesty. Children are pretty transparent. Oh, that one's connecting. <coughs> <laughs> they wear their emotions on their sleeves. They may try to lie, but it's usually obvious. There's no reason for us to not be honest with God who knows our hearts better than we do.
1: They're also ridiculously present in the moment. We just miss so much. We think about so much. And it's mostly for good reason. You know, we try to serve God without listening to him, though. And without noticing how he's working in the little ways around us. How can we hear the Holy Spirit whisper when we're rushing around and thinking about this, when we're doing this, and all those things? I know it's easier said than done, but children don't carry that burden with them, and I don't think we should have to either.
0: Wonder. Children have a natural sense of wonder and curiosity. They're interested in things the way that most adults aren't. Our daughters are so excited to find the moon when we're driving in the car. We get so busy with the distractions of life that uh, we take these small wonders for granted, which is really another way of taking God for granted. And though it's true His love is freely given, the way in which it is received is important.
1: And last but not least, children, especially younger ones, seem to be so free of shame and guilt. Over the Easter season this year, I was particularly struck with how much we focus on the death of Jesus, on the cross, rather than the resurrection. And I joked with some folks that we should stop wearing crosses around our necks and start wearing empty tombs. Um, and I loved how this year at, at New Hope we took the entire week to celebrate that Jesus is risen. However, many Christians, and that includes me, still focus heavily just on my own sin and guilt, even though this has clearly been conquered by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
0: Children live fairly free of shame and guilt. When it's bath time, our kids run around naked as if in the Garden of Eden itself. We have to keep them from the windows and doors where the rest of us would be trying to hide. Sometimes when Zoe dresses herself for school, I have to hold back on the impulse to explain how those colors don't match. Uh, Or, you know, she shouldn't wear sweatpants. I don't want her to be that kid, you know? But (laughs) um, they also don't feel the shame when asking a question about something that they don't know. Uh, They don't feel guilt. When chasing after bubbles instead of cleaning the house, we need to be reminded of the freedom that we have in Christ—freedom from shame and guilt. So now we have another clip. Uh, this is from Brian Regan. It's just the audio, but there is a, a motion that goes along with this. All right, so I'm just going to hit you with it beforehand. It's this. <laughs> okay. No, that's it. <laughs> no shame, Tass,
1: No shame. No shame. You have to have kids, too, to witness certain kinds of behavior that's a little off the tracks. My son at the dinner table put the end of a strand of spaghetti in his mouth, and the rest was just hanging in his plate. So I was watching. You know. What does he have in mind?
0: he's concentrating
1: on something I thought he wanted to try to slurp the spaghetti into his mouth he had another activity in mind (laughs) spaghetti sauce, flipping, flapping all over who knows where, who cares (laughs) I'm just watching, amazed (laughs) and you know what, I think I made a mistake as a parent because I stopped him, man. I was like, hey, man, knock that off. Can't you see the pain on the walls is more important than the joy in your heart? <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> knock that smile off your face. Act like an adult. All right, that's it. to these attributes of childhood that we've just discussed um, the faith of our children should be nurtured as well no matter what stage it is in no matter if they simply parrot back what we have taught and have more of a because my parents told me so faith or they have a true I have accepted Christ as my own Lord and Savior faith regardless it's our job as earthly parents to nurture the faith of our children To nurture our children's spirituality is to know them. It's to meet them where they are and to love them there. Now, please don't tune me out if you don't have children of your own or they're already grown. This goes for all of us in community right here in this room, not just biological or household parents. If you consider yourself a child of God, whether you are 10, 12, 30, 40, 80. Also consider yourself a parent to the children in your life. So how do we live and therefore model for our children and others how to be children of God? I think first we need to be careful not to make our spiritual walk Look like a goal to be attained, like graduating from high school. But we need to make it clear that it's a walk, it's a path upon which to walk the best life possible. And how do we make that clear? As an education major in college, I was repeatedly encouraged to grow lifelong learners. In the classroom. And the same goes with spiritual growth and learning, I believe. It takes a lifetime. So, again, how do we model this? I think it happens when our children see us learn ourselves um, by listening to sermons, reading our Bibles, committing to house churches, committing to serving others. It happens when we ask questions and not always have the answers happens when we struggle with issues of faith right alongside our children. We need to ask questions especially of our children. We need to wrestle with faith with them. We need to develop honest relationships with children of all ages. I'm a a member of the kids ministry team here at New Hope and we read a book called Sticky Faith. Um, Joe and Ann went to a kids ministry conference, I guess it's been a couple years now, where they heard from the woman who wrote this book. And um, a couple things really struck me that I wanted to share with you in relation to this this talk this morning. They did a huge survey of children, you know. Mine paled in comparison, of course. They they asked 11,000 teenagers from over 500 congregations across six denominations And I was just really struck by these numbers. The kids reported that only 12% of them have a regular dialogue with their moms about faith and only 5% with their dads. And to me, I mean, I'm a a talker, but communication would be one of the number one ways to reach your children. And on top of that, only 9% reported reading uh, the Bible regularly with their family or doing devotions regularly with their family. And the book says that the number one piece of advice that they can share is never explain something to your kid if you can ask a question. So engage in dialogue um, with your kids and others. And I think we do this really well at New Hope. Um, The commitment that we have to our kids should be evident. We strive to incorporate them into membership and the daily workings of the church as much as we can. And I especially want the the kids that are sitting in the room with us today to know that we do not think of you as just kids of members of New Hope. We think of you as New Hope. But of course, we can always challenge ourselves to do better. Um, So I want you all to mull on this for a minute. Do you remember what it was like to be a child? Do you remember what it was like to be a teenager? Do you know the names of the children or the young adults sitting in this room with you today? Do you know the names of the children studying downstairs? Do you know their ages? Do you know their interests? Maybe you know some, but do you know our children as well as you do our other members? And further yet, have you shared your testimony or struggled with a faith issue with your own children? Have you done this with maybe someone else's child? If you haven't, you should. Because we have a lot to learn from each other.
0: Happy, joyful, bright, summer, fluffy, yellow, and yes, weed. These are words our New Hope children use to describe dandelions. My father used to make wine and would try different recipes. I still have several bottles of a lemon and raisin wine he made the year I was born. Uh, If anyone wants to try this after the service, uh, you're, you're welcome. Um, So here's a Zachary, 1981, lemon and raisin, Lefebvre. It's essentially syrup at this point, um, but it still tastes good. So he also made a dandelion wine uh, when I was young. And I remember standing in a field at midday where the weeds had all but taken over. You need a lot of dandelions to make wine and we had come to harvest. I remember it feeling like it took a long time, and I remember not understanding what he was doing once back in the kitchen, with boiling pots of flowers, citrus, and yeast. But I do remember him enjoying himself. And that's really all we're trying to say. We're God's children. We live in God's creation. It's your childhood so go enjoy it.
1: Let's pray. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, new hope. Put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Amen.